And then, but the dudes, because I can see it, because I'm there every day. The girl doesn't realize it, but the guys are like, you know, and they and they freak out as well. So all of a sudden, everyone's nervous, but for no reason. And so I tell my female clients, I'm like, honestly, they're like spiders. They you, you you're scared of them, but they're probably more scared of you because they're like, wow, a girl's looking at me. Oh my god, a bit look good. So um, I always kind of have have a laugh about that, and it kind of breaks down some of like the the worries for women. But the big thing would be to go into the gym like with a plan. So even if I walked into the gym without a plan, I'd be wandering around as well. I'd be like, I don't know what to do today. But if you go in with a plan, put your headphones in, take over some space, then you're golden. Kia ora, friends. Welcome back to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast. You are listening to the final episode of 2021, and uh, I don't know about you, but this has been a pretty wild year for myself, uh, hence the sporadic uploads this year, so my apologies. Um, actually, I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to continue doing my thing. Episodes will come out when they come out, and you can enjoy them when they pop up in your podcast app, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of them, and I'm looking forward to a whole new year of interviews and uh, interactions, networking with different people around the world and bring you some cool content in the new year. But today, very exciting, we have Alice Rose Miller on the podcast. She is a fellow personal trainer here in Auckland, New Zealand and a plant-based athlete, CrossFit coach and weightlifting competitor. This is a podcast all about her journey to lifting her lifelong vegetarianism and transition into veganism and why it is that ladies find it so hard to end up in the weight room and I think a really cool part of this discussion was actually our discussion around the the science the evidence on sex differences in training something I'm quite interested in and I've been reading up on it a little bit more recently so we're going to dive into you know what the data actually tells us about muscle growth and strength growth strength growth strength gain <laughs> between males and females over the entire training career uh, is it the same is it different are ladies you know significantly weaker than men are they going to grow less muscle than men these are some of the uh, common uh, more common ideas around sex differences in training um, and we're going to discuss what the what this what the research actually tells us about that so it's a really cool conversation um, I had a lot of fun with this one it was great to be back in person back in the studio with someone as well so I'm looking forward to doing some more of that now that COVID for now has uh, kind of buggered off from um, from Auckland so I hope you're well wherever you are in the world and you're ready for this episode we're not going to muck around any longer no need to dilly dally let's get into this one Episode 37 with Alice Rose Miller, also known as Strong Enough Training on Instagram. Go check her out, go give her a follow, and enjoy the episode. You are listening to the Vegan Body Coach Podcast, all about optimizing your strength, fitness, and physique through a plant-focused diet. My name is Jackson Burton, and I'm a nutrition and training coach for vegans, the plant-centric, and plant curious. I'm sitting down with athletes, experts, and influencers around the world to inspire you to create your best vegan body yet. So how are you feeling? How are you feeling about doing a podcast? Yeah, it's actually really exciting. I feel like I've uh, ticked everything else off in terms of, uh, oh, there's my there, voice. There's your voice. Oh, there you go. Um, 
yeah no i've done radio station interviews and like magazine interviews and stuff so i it's pretty cool doing a podcast definitely gonna hear my voice it's great (laughs) what everyone wants they want to hear their own voice exactly yeah it's not awkward at all (laughs) so alice i guess uh i guess we better tell the people who you are what you're into what you love doing what lights you up all that good stuff and then we can dive a little bit more into amazing your journey what lights me up yeah food and weightlifting <laughs> deadly combination i mean yeah that's it's it's all, that's all about balance huh um totally <laughs> uh actually in my in my personal training like bio on on uh, the our website it's like obviously talks about my background and then it's like you can find me uh eating vegan tacos and drinking oat milk lattes i so love that that's basically me <laughs> so when when that like when that goes on all of the the people reading it must be like they already know from the get-go that you're probably plant-based. Yeah. And you're, yeah, usually. And, which is awesome because it probably attracts They're a certain type surprised. of people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most, yeah. most people are like, what? But like, you're not skinny or you're yeah. not small. You're not I'm a little like, weedy person. Yeah. Like, yeah. I remember like I had a conversation with a dude um, at my old gym in, in the UK. There's like another personal trainer. And he was like, he found out I was vegan. He was like, wait, that that's not possible. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? He's like. Because you've got bigger traps than that guy. Like, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love it. Like, how do you have a big back without? Like, <laughs> so without good. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So like, basically, me to a T is like good food, working out, yes. having a laugh. I'm yes. always up for banter. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and you've. I mean, you've come out to a few of the lists. Out, oh yeah, you've come out to one of them out here before, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's evening. Yeah, and it's just so cool when we get to go get together like a group of you know plant focused folk and get them into the gym and lift some weights and kind of you know pushing back on like what you were just mentioning mm. those uh stereotypes of what a vegan should be and i love that like when someone will potentially come across you online for personal training and they're blown away that you're you know plant-based yeah it's such a cool it's such a it's such an amazing thing to do because like every single person you get to um interact with is going to be um is going to be woken up to like the fact that a, a vegan can be strong yeah, and, you know, and, and we're going to dive into this as well in, in terms of your journey. But um, why don't we go with where lifting started for you? Like, where did that come into your life? Mm-hmm. Were you always, always into like sports and stuff growing up? And like, I know obviously that's usually like a transition for people, yeah. but yeah. It that's actually, what that... um, it's a bit of a wild one. I, I did a little bit of um, sports in school, but I wasn't really good at it. Yeah. Like, I, I was... <laughs> I was not. I remember being like put up and and like, you know, when you have to line up for the 100 meter sprints on like track day and then like you look around, you're like, okay, cool. I've got some slow people in my line. Like, this is going to be good. And then your best friends are like, Alice, like jump in the front with us. And I'm like, no, no, no. You guys are the fast ones. And then like you have to run off your friends and then they're like waiting at the 100 meter finish line going, well done, you finished. Um, But no, I did a little bit of sports in school, like water polo and stuff. Um, Oh, wow. And then I... Like after school, I kind of left sports all behind. I didn't go to the gym, didn't do, wasn't a part of any sports teams, but I worked with a lot of bands. So I got into like music touring and, um, you know, touring around New Zealand and working with a lot of musicians. So from there, that kind of took up all of my time aside from like my full-time job in an office. And then I would like work with bands on the weekends. But when I moved to London, when I was 23, I was like, you know, obviously I was kind of a little bit unfit. I needed to um, get into a gym. So I signed up to a, a gym in the UK, got myself a personal trainer. 
And he was a CrossFit coach as well. And so he was a CrossFit coach, but he also did uh, personal training. And he started teaching me some of the movements that you'd learn in CrossFit. Um, and then I like moved locations in London and there was a CrossFit gym nearby. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll go along and, and I'll check it out. And um, I just had a lot of fun. I really fell in love with it. And I was able to kind of focus more on performance-based goals um, rather than weight loss goals. Because mm. like I've, I've, I'm someone who's never, ever been um, like small. Like yeah. I've always been big. Like in my teenage years, I was quite overweight. Early 20s, I was overweight. So when I went to the CrossFit gym, I was like, okay, cool. I want to like work out to lose weight, but I want to have fun doing it because I just think – um, sitting on a bike for an hour is, is boring, you know? Yeah. Um, so I started, I started doing like weightlifting and gymnastics and all this kind of stuff that you do in CrossFit for a few years. Just really, really absolutely loved it. And then I became a personal trainer. There's a lot going on in the story. Yeah. But I became <laughs> yeah. a personal trainer somewhere in there. Yeah. And I was like, hey, like I love the barbell stuff. Like I love back squats. I love deadlifts. I love cleans, but I don't, really like cardio how can i do this without how can i just do the lifts yeah (laughs) and so i got a i got a job at a really cool gym in london called gym box and i kind of stepped away from like crossfit classes and i just focused on like weightlifting and i i got myself like a good coach because i was kind of sick and tired of not being able to pull up not being able to like do a lot of the things that some of the other people could do so i realized when i stopped doing like CrossFit classes and started doing like personalized programming. I, all my lifts went up. I got fitter. Like I lost way more weight and I didn't even really think about losing weight. I just was like, I want to get a hundred kilo back squat. Yeah. And you enjoy that journey to get to that hundred kilo back squat. And things that happen in the background is that you just get fit. Yeah. Probably lose a little bit of weight because you're so focused on that performance based goal. And so I was doing kind of like, um, bench deadlift squat kind of training and then I veered more into like cleans and um, yeah. snatches and stuff. So that's where like Olympic weightlifting came in. So mm. it was very much like a progression. Like if you look at like my life cycle getting to Olympic weightlifting, it started doing, you know, boot camps outside in New Zealand. And then yeah. moving to the UK, doing personal training sessions, then going to a CrossFit gym and then doing barbell lifting and then... Yeah, um, you know, like your powerlifting kind of stuff, and then into Olympic weightlifting. It was very much like as I learned more, mm. um, I stepped through to like the next, the next part of my journey. And um, yeah, then last year I moved back from the UK, and just the past year I've been doing just completely Olympic weightlifting on my program. Mm. That's all I do now. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's, it's it's super fun. You've got to do like exactly what you wanted to do in the first place was just yeah. just play with the barbell. Just lift weights. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. No, but I think that's a really uh, it's it's a really common like transitional or journey for most females in fitness. Right, is that they start in some kind of like group fitness idea whether it's a boot camp or yeah. it's an f45 or it's um yeah or it's like a zumba class or whatever it is right yeah. and then sometimes some of those ladies will kind of like filter through into like something more which might be like working with the pt like you did or they might go into just do normal like you know a commercial gym and start playing around with the weights or whatever it is but because that's so common like and you've probably you know do you work with quite a lot of females as a pt yeah so you've probably seen it a lot with the people you work with. Mm. Why do you think 
is the reason that specifically females more often than not will start out in maybe like something a lot more like further away from what you're doing now. So right now you're doing barbell basic movements, mm-hmm. like well not basic, but barbell only movements. Yeah. Um, whereas most females will start in like a boot camp or it might be a body weight circuit or it might be like a YouTube or whatever it is. Like, why do you think they, they go down that route to begin with? I, I think they just end up like they realize they want a little bit more or they get like a feel for like feeling really strong in something, but they may plateau or they're, they're not kind of like moving um, in a, the forward direction that they want to. Then they're like, oh, okay, maybe I'll, I'll go check out what's going on in this gym. You mm-hmm. know, like I recently got a client um, who was doing F45 and was just super keen on the strength sessions but realized that they weren't very like progressive um within them and she was like you know i i I want a little bit more i want to learn more about technique i want to um get strong and see what my body can do so they usually kind of get like a little bit of a taste of it Mm. and then they think oh i feel amazing like i want i want a little bit more and like i just i i wish every female on the planet could just go down the avenue of learning how to weightlift because yeah. like the empowerment that women get yeah. when they're strong and they, well, they get their first chin up or they deadlift a hundred kilos or, you know, or they deadlift 50 kilos. You know, I have a 55 year old woman um, who can lift a hundred kilos. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's and so like, sick. <laughs> and sometimes I want to cry. Like I'm yeah. just like, mm. <laughs> yeah, you're so <laughs> you know? pumped for her. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like when I see like my, my clients like male and female like um, smash their goals and like lift weights they never thought they could. Um, it's, it's pretty rewarding. But um, with like I, f- I find although I don't really try to think of the best way of saying this, I don't I, I would never do like a, a group fitness class unless it's like well structured mm. um, and I know like the coach is running it mm. and I know what the programming's like. Just because I can I can pick it apart a little bit. Yeah. But I I, like, I have to say that there's a place for them in the world because it gets men and women into their journey. Like that is, it's like, it's like an easy, like stepping stone. They come in, they're like, oh, okay, it's not so daunting after all yeah. working out. Okay, cool. I can do this and I can do it with people who also like working mm. out. And then when they want more, they can be like, oh, I wonder if someone can teach me how to squat properly because I feel a bit funny doing this. It doesn't feel right. Because most kind of group fitness instructors will not do technique or technical work. Mm. Uh, they just kind of come and have fun, has some tunes. Here's my banger of a voice over the microphone to get you through that hundredth rep. Um, but most people kind of come away being like, oh, okay, I want a little bit more. And that those are the people that kind of go through into weightlifting and, and you know, seeing a personal trainer or coming to like gyms like yours totally. as well. Because yeah. they're a little bit more like specific. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like it's I mean it's super common I like within any kind of group fitness the like usually the coaching is not amazing um but like you're saying the, the biggest benefit is it gets people in the door right it gets them moving yeah. like if they're gonna if they're if someone's gonna get off the couch like general population is just gonna get off the couch and say how I'm gonna get fit this year they're probably gonna go to somewhere that's like a really low barrier of entry yeah. and it's gonna be like a social environment where they might be able to meet other people they might be able to go with a friend especially like for females I think it's like there's so much intimidation with going to any kind of fitness oh, class. Sure. It's like, or gym. And it's like, okay, if I can go with a friend, if I can go with a buddy, um, it'll make this whole process better. So that's where, you know, stepping into an F45 is probably the easiest thing to do. But like you're saying, it's lacking that progressive nature of the program. Yeah. And hopefully after three to six months, most people will realize, hey, look, this 
I'm not really kind of getting any better here. You know, I'm mm-hmm. kind of just doing the same thing, getting really tired every session, and that's yeah. really the whole goal of it. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is that, yeah, you, you kind of found a different journey of like, I guess you, you were introduced to weightlifting specific movements early with your trainer, right? Yeah. yeah. And that kind of got you hooked. Mm. Oh, for sure. I was just like, I felt so good. I was like, man, I feel badass. <laughs> I feel badass. Exactly. Badass. I want to go feel more badass in a gym with other, other badasses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, no, for sure. And, and I think like, as I said, there's definitely a place for, for F45 and like, um, like I see so many people cause like I, I, um, I work at like Les Mills in the city and I'm like training my clients and I see like there's a walkway that leads to the classrooms. Um, that's where, right. Yeah. There's just so many people and they and I'm like, they, they go to like, like grit and like pump and stuff. Cool. They're going to burn calories. And if that's what you want, if you want some weight loss, you'll burn a ton of calories in a class. Um, but I'm also like, come come see me yeah, you're like waving over in the corner <laughs> over in like the dungeon weight area like because <laughs> yeah. um, a lot of women don't like they're just quite intimidated to come onto the gym floor but yeah. those classes are just so open and the instructors are super bubbly and they can work out with their friend mm. and it's an excellent way to get into um get into the world of fitness Mo- uh, I don't want to say most, but a lot of a lot of people will come in and they might stay there, but others will be like, "Oh no, I want to venture out and see what else is is there," which is yeah. always cool. To yeah, see. I mean, you go into any weights room in the world, and it's like eighty twenty guys. Yeah, totally. And and I guess for you, like, did you have any of those concerns when you started going into those areas, like yourself, in terms of maybe intimidation or feeling like you don't belong or feeling like, "Oh, there's not enough girls here." Like, did you feel any of those things yourself? Um, thankfully, I actually have a lot of guy friends, so I'm, I've, I've always, I've not really minded being in an area where there's a lot of dudes. But yeah. I, re- I remember when um, I first realized I had to lose weight when I was, I think, like 17 or maybe like I was, was after high school. I think I was about 18, and I remember working out at the Stanmore Bay Leisure Center. And I was wearing baggy basketball shorts and like an oversized band t-shirt because I was like, no one can see my body in these clothes, so I'm invisible. That's right. And I was just like, I didn't mind being with people, but I didn't want people to see me. And I was just a bit like, didn't didn't feel confident at all. Mm. Um, But what kind of enabled me to just walk in there was I had, looking back, it wasn't a very good one, but I had a plan from a personal trainer at the time. And... um, and I was just like, hey, I'm going to put my headphones in and I'm just going to follow this plan to a T. Like I, I never deviated because I was scared of looking stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that kind of was like my feeling I had for a while until I um, probably just before I was a personal trainer even like because I was like training in a CrossFit gym and I'd go to like a Globo gym when I, whenever I was traveling and I'd be like, okay, cool. All of a sudden I've forgotten everything. <laughs> yeah. I'll just back squat. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what everyone does. Whenever they travel, they're like, oh, this is a squat machine. Can totally. Squat I'll just yeah. do um, some, some back squats yep. and some bench press. And then, oh, that's, uh, that's, that's an hour. I'm done. Totally. Um, so I would usually just kind of like do, do back squats if I was traveling because yeah. I didn't really know what else to do. But as I kind of learned more about like what my body can do and I learned more about training and, and I actually got myself a coach, like just going in and with the plan is, is a game changer. Mm. Um, but I do find like a lot of women feel like they don't belong on the gym floor yeah. or they feel like they're taking up space. And I had a client that um, that messaged me last year 
and um, I actually teared up when I got the message. She said, Alice, I've been training a few, like online, she's like from London, I've been training with you for, you know, half a year now and today was the first day I felt I was meant to be there and I wasn't taking up someone else's space. Mm. And I was like, excuse my language, but I was like, fuck, that's (laughs) like, that sucks because that means that so many other women around the world just don't want to go onto the gym floor because they feel like they're in the way. Right. When they say, sorry, oh, you know, why are you apologizing? Yeah. You you should be there. Um, And so that was, yeah, that broke my heart a little bit, but it was also like, I was super happy because um, Victoria was just like, oh, for the first time I'm, I'm alive and I can be on the gym floor and that's, that's where I'm meant to be. Yeah. So, and like, I always think if, if women can kind of break down those kind of barriers, it's because all in their head, no one else is like, Oh, look at that. Yeah. Gal, she's, she can't do a, a bin of a row. Totally. Most of the time guys are standing there going, Oh God, there's a girl. Puff themselves oh, up. Like I've just done a hundred <laughs> bicep curls. And like, um, you know, I mean, you're like the other side of the spectrum because you're you're a dude. But like, yeah. when I was uh, working um, in my gym in, in the UK, we had uh, an upstairs like functional area with like free weights. We also had like a downstairs area. We called it the dungeon. Yeah, it was in an old bank vault. Oh, so sick! It was the old bank of um, Bank of England. That's so it was cool. A really, really cool gym. So, yeah, and it was all kind of like it's a garage style gym. It had like plate load machines, like like iron plates huge dumbbells that went up to like 60 kilos wow. and um every time a girl would walk down there the girl obviously is like oh my god that's just freaking out going down the stairs like yeah, gotta, and then you have to walk through these huge vault doors and then but the dudes because i can see it because i'm there every day the girl doesn't realize it but the guys are like oh god there's a girl oh my god you know and they and they freak out as well so all of a sudden everyone's nervous but for no reason. Right. And so I tell my female clients, I'm like, honestly, they're like spiders. They, you, you, you're scared <laughs> of them, but they're probably more scared of you. Yeah. Like, wow, girls looking at me. Oh my God, a bit look good. Totally. So, um, yeah. I always kind of have, have a laugh about that. And it kind of breaks down some of like the, yeah. the worries for women. But the big thing would be to go into the gym, like with a plan. Mm. Mm. So even if I walked into the gym without a plan, I'd be wandering around as well. I'd yeah. Like, don't know what to do today. That's right. But if you go in with a plan, put your headphones in, mm take over some space then you're, you're golden yeah but um yeah well it's like this fear like for a lot of ladies this fear of like like you said before of of like looking stupid in the gym or like not knowing what you're doing yeah and so it's like you're saying if you just have a plan or you work with a coach and you get yourself to the point like that's my goal for all of our guys here mm. is to be able to get to the point where you can rock in here and completely own your spot here like you feel sure. like i know exactly what i'm going to do today i'm not going to look stupid doing it because i've already done it you know with a coach and i know exactly how it looks and what's supposed to happen because i think yeah that's probably a massive one is like a girl goes into a dumbbell area and there's all these dudes doing exercises they don't want to be the one that's like doing something wrong in yeah. front of all these guys who apparently know what they're doing, which, which you know, they don't. which they don't exactly. Always. And, and so it's, it is this like, it's this fear of just, yeah, I guess like you're saying, like taking up space and, and they don't feel like they belong in it. It is, it is so sad. And it's just, I guess because traditionally those areas have been filled with guys, you know what I mean? And so like, and now, and it's a great thing that we're having this discussion is the fact that we've got, you know, quite a few ladies coming into that area and going hey look this is actually what i'm i want to do now i want to take them the next yeah. step and and as we know you know likely them training with 
with some kind of load and progressive training is going to give them the best body composition change um, they can. 100%, yeah. So the fact that they're venturing in there is amazing, but it's just, it is sad that there's still this kind of like weird tension between the guys and girls in the weight room. And, and, and that's right. I guess I see, I do see a place for some of those like female only areas mm. in gyms. I know like Les Mills has it, yeah. you know, um, because at least they're in there, they can feel super comfortable. They can start to like really nail some movements yeah. and get confident. And then they might start venturing into the, into the weight room with the guys. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, you, you've always owned your spot in the, I guess, because you've, you've interacted with guys yeah. like most of your life. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. 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 And, and I'm also like, I guess over the, over the years as well with like working out and like learning how to live properly and knowing that like, I am in like, I'm I'm strong, and everyone has their own strong, right? Like strong mm. and strength mm. is, means different things to different people. Totally. But for me, I walk in there and I'm like, I feel so. I feel most empowered when I'm doing my weightlifting. So, mm. like, I mean, I will drop a barbell on the weightlifting platform, and I don't care how loud I am. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Usually, the dudes are like, "Oh my god," <laughs> you know. <laughs> And like I actually like my my flatmate was saying he was he was like you actually because he's a member of my gym as well he's like you definitely own the room. <laughs> That's so good. I, but I, like, everyone I knows who you are when yeah, you're lifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like hi. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it's it's yeah. It's just I don't know. I can't explain it. I just kind of go in there. I focus on myself. Yes. And and I know how it makes me feel. So I don't really yeah. care about like what other people would would, yes. would think of me. Um. But also because you're so confident in what you're doing. Like, you know yeah. how to do those movements yeah. intricately. Like, if you're doing a snatch, it's like you're going to crush it. And and everyone else is going to be, like, looking at you going, I don't know how to do that, you yeah. know? So, it gives you, like, a one-up on them almost, you know? Yeah. They usually, I usually get, like, it's never – I don't really get girls coming up to me, but I get a few, a few, guys, <laughs> yeah. a few guys being like, oh, um – uh, how, how long will it take for me to be able to do that? Right. Um, and so we usually have like chats about like strength training and, and weightlifting and stuff, um, you know, to the bodybuilders in the room that can't totally. hold the front rack. <laughs> totally. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it, but it's been a journey for me. Like I, if, if I like told my like 18 year old self that was like in the leisure center wearing these baggy <laughs> basketball shorts yeah. that you'd be like squatting a hundred kilos and like short shorts and a sports bra, I'd be like, you're mad. Like it's, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's been a journey and, um, and every part of that journey has been quite important to like lead me up to like where I am, Mm. um, now, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely fun making a bit of noise. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But don't you, don't you love, I don't do it on purpose. It's just like, (laughs) sometimes if I can control the bar down, I will, but yeah, um. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Some of those lifts you kind of have to just make a lot of noise. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, it's like, it, that's the beauty of, I guess, this whole journey for you and, and strength, training, strength training in general for females, right? Is that you can get to a point where you're like, you're basically evolved into a completely different person. And obviously, it's yeah. not just the strength training in your life that's done that for you, but it's probably played a, a large role for you. Yeah. Um, where do you see it going in the future for your own lifting? Like, you're obviously very involved in like the Olympic weightlifting side of things. You said that like, that's pretty much all you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, what what you know what what are you doing training wise at the moment and, and where's that kind of leading you or what are the goals for the future for you? Uh, so at the moment, like I I train four days in Olympic weightlifting. I I alternate between clean and jerk and then snatch, and I have like a rest day on a Wednesday. I actually yeah I train probably like five times a week, um, 
but yeah, four of them are uh, strictly weightlifting. And I did like my first uh, competition last Saturday. Oh, did you? Yeah. No yeah, way. It yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. Where was that? Uh, it was at Functional Strength on oh. the shore. It was a north. So I, I, I was actually like the person who was lifting the least amount of weight. Yes. Because there were some girls who were like, one of the girls was from the Olympics, which is a pretty sweet brag right. for her. But like, yes. um, it was the North Island Championships and, and my coach was just like, look, I want to get you into like doing some competitions, but like you need to start off with lifting very sub-maximal yeah. because like in a weightlifting competition, you've really only got six attempts. You have three attempts at the clean and jerk and three attempts at the snatch, much like the Olympic Games. Um, and for, for your first comp, you need to get a, a white light for all six. Otherwise, you leave the competition being like, oh, man, I failed one of my lifts, you know? And you're like, I don't want to do that ever again because that sucked, you know? Yeah, um, totally. So was, white light means uh, – uh, yeah. and, and, and a red light would, would be like how you – It's like a press out. You missed or, it or – yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like if you catch it like there and then you press, that yes. would be red. So you've got three judges in front of you. So like it was all a new experience for me. Like I was so nervous in the morning, and then but my um my coach at the moment is uh, Richie Patterson, and he's a um uh, Olympian, and he's like uh, gold at Commonwealth Games. So he's a um, incredible dude, and so he was like looking after me leading up to the the platform. And what I hadn't realized, like I was like trying to hype myself up, but when I actually stepped onto the platform, it was just like you know the feeling when you get up really early. And you, st- you go to the beach and it's just calm and no mm. one's there. Mm. That's kind of like what it felt like, which wow. I wasn't expecting. I sat, I was like setting out for my lift and I was just like, I got a little bit nervous, but it felt so good and invigorating. And like getting all the lifts as well was really cool. Um, so that leading on from that, that'll be like what my focus would be for next year, like doing more competitions, just like not really going up against anyone in particular, just mm. going up against myself and seeing where I could, I can go with uh, my weightlifting. Yeah. Uh, Cause I, I have so much fun with it. It's so cool. You know? um, so yeah, that, that was pretty cool. Oh, and like we had to wear uh, suits, like onesies. Yeah. That was a lot of fun like, wearing <laughs> that. Um, and I borrowed, I borrowed a suit off uh, this girl, Kana, who, um, who was in, who was in the Olympics. Oh, wow. So I that's was like, so oh, cool. I'm the yeah, suit. that's right. Channeling her power. That's great. Um, How yeah, did those so, lifts go? Yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So just like very, very submaximal lifts. I think only hit like 75%. Um, but it was just amazing being there on the day. And yeah. Kana actually, I think she lifted like, she had like a hundred kilo snatch or something wow. ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. These these girls lifting over a hundred kilos. That's insane. Because North Island Championships, right? Oh man. Here's me being like, this is my first. <laughs> um, but everyone's super supportive. It's a yeah. very um, it looks like a very scary sport, mm-hmm. but there's actually more females in that sport in New Zealand than there are males. I've heard that. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. 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 And you go there and and um, like I was lifting the least amount of weight compared to everyone else, but after I lifted, people came up to me. They're like, you did so well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not so much about the weight. It's like yeah. the nerves. It's like making sure you get all the, the lifts properly and you get all your white lights and stuff. Um, yeah. And just being on it on, on, on the comp day. Uh, but, yeah, everyone's super supportive and they just – they're so lovely. And it's just really cool. Yeah. I think that's like really similar with like powerlifting comps, right? It's like really like a tight-knit community and everyone's, everyone's really there like – Obviously, there's winners and there's people that are, you know, trying to, you know, get yeah. the top spots, right? But at the end of the day, I think 
more so in these type of sports, everyone's just there to make sure that everyone else is, is having the best time possible, but also like, you know, getting the most out of it for them, like basically yeah. cheering each other on to like yeah. do their best, which I absolutely love. Like even your mentality towards this competition and potentially further competitions next year, it's like, yeah, maybe I'm not going in there to be competitive, but that's mm-hmm. not the goal. Like the, like even with um a couple of guys from the gym here who were supposed to do um their first powerlifting meet and we did like their programming and stuff leading up to it, but obviously like COVID um, mm-hmm. canceled that for them. But it's not like it was never about them going up there and trying to get this like crazy total. It was like, hey, you, you've just been introduced to barbell training in the last you know few years, wow. and now you wanted to express that in some way and like you know get a really good win for yourself and display that you know. Yeah. And I think that's super cool. And it's not about them trying to get a massive total. It's just them, um, I guess, like showing themselves showing they can themselves do it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even with us, you know, doing our marathon and, and things like that, it's like, it, it's the same thing. It's not about being competitive. It's just about working towards something, you know, being committed to a mm. particular goal um, and then showing yourself that you can actually complete it. Yeah. And that's, and that's the win on the day. It's not 100%. about being competitive all the time. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, a few people were like, did you win? <laughs> yeah. I was like, uh. <laughs> I, yeah, I won for me. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. But then you, I almost want to answer that question. Like if someone asked me that about whatever competition I'm in, I'd like, I almost want to ask, ask them and be like, is that really the only reason yeah. you want to do a sport? Like there are obviously people that are like their sole goal for doing a sport yeah. is to win. Very competitive. Yeah. But like what I'm hearing from you is throughout the years, like you've just enjoyed the journey. Yeah. Right. Oh, 100%. And it's like you and enjoy every training session. Yeah. Like that's, that is the win. Mm. You know, it's not that, it's not the outcome per se. It's more like, it's the process of it, mm. which as we know through like, you know, um, habit formation and stuff like that, the, you know, the really the only way for people to successfully get the outcome that they want, whether it is 100 kilo snatch or it's losing 10 kilograms, mm-hmm. is to focus on the process of it and enjoy yeah. the process and be really... Um, Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I love that. That's a really cool thing to be doing. So that's next year for you. Yeah. More comps. Yeah, yeah, more, yeah. more comps and ju- yeah. It's, and you were able to maintain your lifts during during lockdown too, because you were down lifting in the in the in like yeah, at Winyard and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I was lifting down in Winyard Quarter. I had a, quite a few people message me, be like, "Oh, I saw you down there." And, um, so cool. People would swing by with like coffees and stuff, oh, say so hi. Cool. Yeah, it was it was really awesome. Yeah, I had about three weeks into lockdown. One of my um, really good friends um, owns a gym on the shore. He like texted me and was like, "Hey, look, buddy, like we're going to be in this for a lot longer than." we think yeah so how about i drop you off a barbell kit and i was just like you are amazing yeah <laughs> please uh and he <laughs> dropped it off and i went and bought some like lifting mats from good old mitre 10 yes and um yeah like i was grateful to my family because i was weightlifting in their garage um <laughs> they were having a few laughs about that I and love then it. um the sun came out yeah we're weightlifting down at, at, at windy quarter and the silo farms and that was i was able to actually improve and get stronger in in, in lockdown um, Amazing. Just like focusing on on one thing, you know, I, I've had a few clients um, looking after them, but most of the time it was just like spending time on weightlifting, and it was just such a good time to have focus on on that. Yeah. Um, some people don't like lockdowns. I I don't mind them. I had a yeah. really long one in London last yeah, year, yeah. so this was um, quite easy. <laughs> the London one was was intense, um, but yeah, that was. I'm I'm grateful for it. Like, but being back in the gym. I still have the home gym set up now. 
and sometimes if it's a nice day I'll work out at home but it's it's pretty cool to be back on the gym floor and have that vibe of just people around you and it's nice seeing members and stuff totally as well yeah no I agree it's like I I can definitely train at home like no problem but and especially if it's outdoors it's such a vibe but yeah there's something special about a cool community and being able to go somewhere to train and and just have that vibe and have that atmosphere and I think um yeah I think yeah pe- working at home is is totally cool but I just think people are missing out on like the community aspect mm. of fitness as well which is you know for me a big part of it yeah it's like you know being in a group of people that are, are on your level and then you kind of um and and similar to you in many ways um but Alice I wanted to I wanted to ask you um where the plant-based um, kind of transition came into this whole thing yeah. was that before getting into training so i'm a bit of a unique person in the sense that my mum and my dad raised me as a vegetarian oh how good i've never ever eaten meat that is insane or fish um wow yeah so yeah growing up i was actually the only vegetarian in my school yeah my mum used to give me like packs of food on school camp you know, and I was the, I was that weirdo. You're that the would, weirdo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I it's got, so hard. Though. I got bullied like a yeah. lot for for being vegetarian, um, and so I, I I moved to moved to like London in uh, 2013, and um, a couple years in, I was like my brother, and my sister are both vegan, like full vegan, and they were always pressuring me. Oh, come on, Alice, you just have to give up dairy. You know, you're so close because I wasn't having eggs, and I was like, you know, like in my own time, please. And so what I did was I just challenged myself to go like one month on a vegan diet. I didn't tell anyone apart from um, my ex-partner. And I was like maybe three weeks in out for dinner with my family and they asked for the vegan menu. And I said, oh, can I grab the vegan menu as well, please? Yeah. My sister said, wait, what? And I was like, yeah, three weeks, full vegano. <laughs> what you say <laughs> and she was like no way why don't you tell me and i was like because i wanted to do it on my own no yeah. pressure and Love just that. see how i see how i um got on but it was yeah it was really good i i actually had um some people have like the epiphany moment where they're like oh and i had the moment when i was having my protein dessert which was um whey powder or uh this really high protein greek yogurt called faya in um the uk and it had like Reese's pieces and blueberries and like all this kind of yummy stuff. And it was like super high in protein and delicious. So totally. I was like naturally going to eat it. Yes. And I was halfway through it and I was eating. I just said to myself, like, I, was, I can't eat this anymore. Mm. I don't know what it was. It was like the dairy sticking to the back of my throat. But it was that one moment that I was like, I can't do this anymore. No way. And very next day it was like, um, yeah, it was like September 1st. I was like, oh, tomorrow. Vegan. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. And um yeah never looked back and that was i think maybe four years ago i'm actually one of those weird people that don't even track when they went vegan but it was yeah yeah it was, it was something like, yeah it was a while ago um but being vegan in london is so easy uh-huh. the cafe there's like so many restaurants there's cafes and like the food ranges the snacks the the the, the, the mock meats just there's just crazy amounts of options so it's very very easy to to have a plant-based or vegan diet um but yeah, and I've I haven't really I didn't notice any difference. Maybe aside from less bloating, oh my skin cleared up. Mm. Like I didn't really get any spots on my face anymore uh, because I was having no dairy. Yeah, um, so yeah. I really cleaned up my diet a lot. Yeah, 
which was which was cool. But yeah, so uh, that kind of surprises a lot of people when I say I've I don't even know what meat tastes like. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean that is just I mean it blows people away because it's just so far from the norm. Yeah, I mean especially in New Zealand too, like because you grew up in New Zealand, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean I cannot think of a single person I would have met in my entire life that was vegetarian mm. until like I probably went vegan myself or vegetarian myself. So yeah. like for you to be a vegetarian at your school and like doing that whole developmental stage, um, dealing with the fact that you're like different than everybody. Yeah. Um, where did like, where did the, where did your parents like kind of come across this? I mean, cause they obviously instilled it into you. So where yeah. did they become vegetarian? So they, uh, I think, I think they met and they were both separately vegan, uh, vegetarian. My dad, um, uh, is a legend who probably end up listening to this later, but awesome. he's like probably back in the day, a uh, bit of a hippie dude, like surfed a lot. And I think it was just like the general vibe back then. Like right. it was kind of like cool to like, you know, you know, have, have plants. Um, no, <laughs> chickpeas and beans, yeah, yeah. whatever people ate back then. And then my, my mum is a nurse and her story was, um, it's actually kind of like crazy, but she went to like a, a family friend barbecue. Uh, I think this is how the story goes. And then like they were obviously having meat on the barbecue. And then on the Monday she had to go into theater and like the surgeon was using a device that basically burns flesh. And it, she said it smelled exactly the same. Yeah, brutal. And yeah, yeah. I tell that to meat eaters and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, but you're still going to eat yeah, it. Yeah, you're still going to go and have your bacon tomorrow, yeah. aren't you? <laughs> Delicious. Um, and that's that for her, she was like, oh, that's too much. So and then they met their vegetarian and they decided to raise us three wow. kids vegetarian. Yeah. yeah. So we're a whole vegetarian family. Um, but my, my older two older siblings are full vegan mm. as well. So yeah. we're like, but like, Growing up, we'd go out for dinner. There was never vegetarian options on the menu. And so we'd always say, can we get that, but with that instead of that? And 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 it would go around the table and the poor waitress would have five different orders of changes. <laughs> and we were the worst family to go to go out with. Totally. And, and, and every time I'd get invited out for dinner, people would be like, oh, well, Alice needs to check the menu because yeah. you probably can't dine there because she can't eat anything. <laughs> Or like oh, your turn to order, like and and then they're always like, oh, that she needs like five minutes to place her order. Um, but now it's just so easy, you it's know, so easy. whole vegan menus. Yeah, and like kids growing up now can can be vegan or vegetarian from the get go and and not be bullied. <laughs> and even like if you want to change something at a restaurant, it's it's ex- expected now to some yeah. extent. Like yeah. waitresses are just so used to it and yeah. chefs are used to it. But I mean, you guys were such early adopters um, to vegetarianism, you know. And I, I, mean, did, I mean, during that during that period, um, I mean, you didn't have to. I mean, obviously, your parents raised you as a vegetarian, right? At some stage, whenever you decided to leave home or or do your own thing and and make your own decisions, you could have decided to, you know, dabble in eating meat yeah. again. What stopped you from going that route? Like, what what kind of values did your parents instill that stopped you from going there? I just, I just look at meat, and I don't see it as food mm. it's it, it's i can't even explain it but like it's they didn't they weren't they, they didn't really gonna go vegetarian for like ethical reasons they were just like mm, no like i don't really just don't really want to eat eat animals um i don't i, I think mum was just kind of grossed out by the fact that it smelled the same um but yeah no i i it, it was i don't really know how to answer that yeah. because i just i look at it and i never really 
thought that that's food. Mm. I think it's of it. I don't. I don't look at pork as an ingredient. I look at it as a pig. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's strange that like and smelling things as well. Like uh, my nana used to like cook up all this chicken to feed her cat. Like. You know, doesn't buy cat food, but like cooks chicken to feed, and 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 just the smell of chicken, it's that kind of like grossed me out, and I associate it with like a, it's like a bad smell. Yeah, there's some people will be like, oh, do you just smell bacon? And you're like, (laughs) no, I'm like, no, because it's disgusting. Like, but I, yeah, I guess I was just taught that it's an animal very early on, so I never once was I like, I want to eat that, because you know, growing up in New Zealand, you're always around farms. Yep, you're always around farms, you're always around animals, so I would just not want it totally eat the little dudes it's just a change of perspective eh? like it's a it's it's what beliefs you've been taught growing up like even me now like you know um if we if i smell like melted cheese or something i'm like i get this like urge to eat it you know what i mean but it's almost it's almost like that's just it's just a leftover like yeah. remnant belief oh, system cheese. yeah yeah the cheese thing's a hard one yeah yeah um but it's like you know, it, it, but you've been raised with this with this belief, like yeah, that is, that's just not food. You know yeah, what I mean? I love food. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's such a it's such an amazing way to to live. It's yeah, so cool. I, oh, a hundred percent. I know. Yeah. And, and like I, when I eventually like you know get a partner and have kids, like I'll raise them like how I was raised. Yeah, um, yeah. And like I just I feel so healthy. How do you feel about like, I mean, we've obviously been to places like Wise Boys and stuff. How do you feel about like the really meaty foods like that are, that are plant, like that are really, mock meats? It took a really long time, I'll be honest. Um, I, I remember going to uh, like a, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, the Chinese restaurant that does like mock meats. Mm. And that's one in town. Um, and I remember going mm. there with a big group of friends very, very early days, obviously before I was vegan. Um, and they were like, oh, here's like, here's like the duck so-and-so and i was like oh no i can't i just can't do it so it took me a really long time to to be okay eating it um because i don't need to eat food that tastes like something i used to eat because yeah. i used to eat it um, <laughs> yeah. yeah but now i do it purely for like protein because mm. um, like like the mock chicken is like the sunfed chicken is crazy yeah. high in protein yeah you know so i'll have i'll have that not because i like chicken because i don't mm. but I do it because I try to hit a really high amount of protein per day and that is the fastest way to do it because some of them have like, you know, vital wheat gluten and yeah. um, what's the chicken one based up? I can't quite pea, It's a pea protein, right? Pea pro- yeah. yeah, that's right, pea protein. Yeah. Um, things like pumpkin puree in there as well. But yeah, so um, I've never really been like, oh, I want to have the, the mock meat because I miss meat. The flavor, the texture. Yeah. yeah, it's just like yeah. the protein. It's a yeah. good source of protein for you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But there was a time where like the smoky taste I didn't like. I was like, oh, I can't do the smoky taste because yeah, yeah. it like, reminds me of a smell of meat, which which wasn't my jam. Yeah. But then I've like learned to love that smell. Like I love smoky paprika and I use liquid smoke in a lot of my um, cooking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that flavor. Yeah. And you realize that it's like the smokiness and the spicy and like the chipotle flavors you like and it's not like the meaty smell. That- yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> totally. the meat is flavored with those flavors. You know? Yeah, A lot that's of right. meat eaters are like, oh, that's like a meat flavor and you're like, no, it's... <laughs> it's paprika just- flavor yeah. but it's, it's meat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I mean, even even for like myself and, and other vegans who have like obviously transitioned from eating a lot of meat, yeah. it's you know taste buds 
tend to adapt somewhat as well. Like, even though sometimes I think, you know, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind having like a chicken kebab or something like that, right? right? Um, I think I know that if I was to eat that now, it wouldn't, it just wouldn't feel right mm. in my mouth. Like, there'd be just this weird sensation. Like, I mean, you know, full transparency, I've made mistakes in the past of like yeah. eating something without properly checking that it was like oh. vegan oh for sure i have I, I didn't like the milk wasn't in bowl you're like <laughs> yeah man who does that it's yeah. supposed to be in bowls yeah but there's been like th- like for example at, at a christmas day i think two years ago um there was a whole bunch of patties on the barbecue and i just grabbed the one that i thought was chickpea but it wasn't chickpea and i put it in like my bun and ate it and like i kind of after my first mouthful i was like man that was like really weird flavor like mm. What's in that? You know, like, and I just, I knew instantly that it was not plants, like it was meat and it just didn't, it didn't taste great. It didn't feel great, you know? So it's almost like, I feel like there's this kind of transitional period of your taste buds where it's, where like, I don't really feel the need, like totally, like I'll, I'll have a lot of those, like you're saying, those mock meats, great source of protein. Mm. They make great burgers, you know, like they kind of make all those dishes that I used to love really Mm. easy to have again. But it's not like, like if if you put a plate of like chickpeas and, and a whole bunch of roast veggies in front of me, I'm gonna enjoy that just as much. You know what oh. I mean? So yeah, plants are so damn delicious. Yeah, it's 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 wild. You know what I mean? Like I just love you know creating those massive bowls of plants and just get as many different yeah. ones in there as you can. Like the, Christ- <laughs> the Christmas event we had, like the the midwinter Christmas oh, thing. Oh yeah, like that whole table was vegan. <laughs> and I was like, man, like yeah. and I put it on my Instagram and I had so many people message me being like, wow, that looks incredible. What is that? And they're all meat eaters, right? Yeah. And so, but like, that's why I love like um, I don't, I never like to be like an annoying vegan. Mm-hmm. Like I just, mm-hmm. I want to be like. Yeah, like being plant based is cool, man. Like, yeah, come over to this side, totally good side, you know. And and like I, that's why I put it on my Instagram because I want people to like come on and be like, oh, cool, she lifts weights. That's right. Oh, she like makes some pretty good food. Oh, wow, like you can you can eat food and still train like that. That's you know? right. And it's, it's not it's not weird. Yes, right. Um, yeah, you're just dispelling all these myths by being yourself. Like, yeah. it's super sick. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I love it. <laughs> it's a cool lifestyle, right? <laughs> One of the one of the cool things I wanted to chat with you about, which I thought would be super interesting, is because you're a coach, um, is sex differences in training. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So you you said you train predominantly women. Do you train guys as well? Yeah, yeah. Train train a lot of dudes at the moment. I'm probably at about a, a sixty forty split, six percent girls. Okay. Some, I train some dudes. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. So you would have you know you would have experienced um, potentially differences in how they train or how they recover or results and things like that mm. um but i would love to i mean because i've been reading up on this a lot more um recently from a few guys and there's some there's some pretty cool data on it but i'd love to see love to hear the data i'd love to hear first what your uh what your experiences have yeah. been even with yourself comparing to other guys or with your clients um have you actually seen any differences because i think like there's this narrative right there's probably like two different camps. One is that, um, you know, all the bros in the gym think that girls are not going to get as good of results as them just because they're guys and they have more testosterone, mm. right? Um, and then there's probably another camp who have thought a little bit, or maybe done a bit of research themselves, where they think there's zero differences between guys and girls in terms of training and results and things like that. Um, so I think there's like there's polarizing camps there, um, and obviously people can sit all throughout that but i think traditionally because ladies haven't had as much exposure in the weight room and haven't had as much probably research done on them as well people have often thought that um 
women aren't going to get as good results as ladies from lifting weights. So what has been your experience and what have you seen with your your clients? Have you seen anything like that? Yeah, well, I, it's a tough one. I wouldn't, I, I'd i say like they'll still get results, but it'll be different. Like they'll still get great results. It'll just be different. Like men, men naturally, are, uh, it's annoying, but like <laughs> <laughs> it's like when someone asks me, oh, what do you bench? I'm like, okay, first of all, I don't bench. But if I... If did. I did, bitch. I mean, like, I, I've, I've once lifted, like, 60 kilos. Where were we? Okay. It's a big lift. For one. Mm-hmm. But if a, you ask a guy that, and a guy says, oh, I can lift 60 for one, they'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. They'd have a little laugh. Yeah. Cool, yeah. You know, and it's all about lifting 100 for reps. You That's know? right. But, like, a, like, I don't know any powerlifters who can do that kind of, like, weight. It's just. Um, yeah. The anatomy of a male body allows them to lift um, way more weight with bench press, mm. um, and they're just you lucky bastards. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can go in, you're yeah. untra- relatively untrained. Yeah, done a little bit of fitness. Oh, cool! Here's five pull-ups. Totally. You know? um, whereas, totally. like, us girls have to work extremely yeah. hard for it. We just, I guess, it's naturally. I mean, you probably like, um, like, come in on like the the science and like data behind it, but like women have to work very very hard to get pull-ups and we have to train them train all aspects of them just to get one and we just struggle to put on weight or or muscle sorry strength as fast as like as men do um but one of the one of the common things that i actually like to like like squash pretty immediately is that that there's men and women exercises male and female exercises and it just shits me. Like when people are like, oh, hip thrusts are only for chicks yeah. because they like a big butt, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, like hip thrusts are actually really good and they'll help your deadlift. Totally. <laughs> and your squat, you know? Probably and- a lot of guys need to do hip thrusts because their glutes are, uh, they're not <laughs> they're not really helping them much at all because they don't yeah. train them, you know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And um, so and it's like bicep curls. I do bicep curls sometimes uh-huh. when I feel like doing bicep curls. Totally. You know? And and so that's like one of the big things that like between male and females, they think that that an exercise is a, a male exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I, I a hate chin that up. Too. Oh, that's a male exercise, right. you know? Like um we don't we don't do that. And there's there's even accounts now that I follow, um, and I get like really frustrated about where they're like, Oh, this workout's for the girls. And it's like Glute bridges, yeah. step ups, lunges, squats, mm. frog pumps, or something. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. Or you could just be like, here's a lower body workout for yes, everyone. Totally. Um, but but yeah, no. The, the some of the biggest like differences would would definitely be like, um, the level of which like people progress mm-hmm. strength and mm-hmm. weight as well. Yeah, totally. And like like men can hit a hundred kilo back squat pretty easily mm-hmm. with a bit of training. But for a, a woman to hit a 100 kilo back squat, there's a lot of training that needs to be involved. Yeah. Like sometimes years, depending yeah, where you totally, start. Totally. Totally. Which, which, which sucks, but you know, <laughs> makes us hungry. Yeah. Gets, gets yeah. us working hard. Totally. And I think that's probably where, um, I think that's probably where a lot of people sit in their view of it as well. Like the idea that ladies just have to work harder for it. Mm. But, and, and there's probably the viewpoint of, of a lot of ladies training too, they like see a guy doing a pull up and they're like, Oh, it's so easy for him. You know what I mean? Um, and it is to a certain extent, but when I was reading through all of this data and, and this, um, um, and this article I was reading a few podcasts and stuff, it's, 
it's so interesting because if you think it if you bring it back to like relative terms mm. it, it kind of it brings everything more on an even playing field to some extent right so um do you know who greg knuckles is no. have you heard that name before no. okay cool so greg knuckles is like um he's this incredibly smart guy that um he's right into his powerlifting but he does a lot of um like assessment of like strength and hypertrophy research cool. yeah. and does like a research um review and kind of breaks down all the the latest research on these on these different topics um and he and so he was writing this article on sex differences and he actually did his um i think it was his master's on recovery rates in female versus male um but he was doing this article on specific differences in in, in uh, outcomes of, of different sexes mm. and was looking at there's been about like there's 70 plus studies done on this you know on the differences between males and females in training um but there was no meta-analysis done on it so he decided he was going to do it so he basically did the meta-analysis on on uh all these studies to get like hey what's the what's the theme here like what are the outcomes what are the takeaways we can mm. get from all these different studies because generally once you've got like 12 plus studies on a particular subject someone will do a meta-analysis and kind of get the big takeaway from them all but no one had done it so he did it which is super cool because he's insanely smart and you can do all the math and everything um and he's got some really cool outcomes from it so i'll read through some of it Hit but me. Basically, it consisted of like 70 plus studies, right? So yeah. it's a lot, it's a lot of studies, a lot of subjects. So it's, you know, it's, it's pretty like the, the outcomes from it are pretty certain, right? Um, and the key, I guess the key takeaway, and I'll dive into some of the other stuff, but the key takeaway is like basically the fact that, um, men start with more baseline muscle mass. Yeah. Than females is really where it all changes, right? So a female's, yeah going to start with a lot less muscle mass they're also going to be likely even if both male and male male and female are untrained like general population never trained before the male is probably going to be more of a trained untrained person yeah, yeah. if you know what i mean like um like they might have played a lot more sports they might have just been doing push-ups with their buddies like all of that kind of stuff they might have been more active climbing trees or whatever so we like you're saying when they can just like bang out pull-ups or do a lot a lot more weight on a bench press initially yeah. even if they're untrained they're potentially like a little bit especially in the upper body a little bit more trained but basically what he's saying is like while men and men start with more muscle mass and strength long term the relative rates of gains are probably roughly equal for men and women though women may make slightly larger gains relative to their starting point over the entire training career oh i love that yeah so it's like so men are going to start with a lot more muscle mass so they're going to be, you know, potentially uh, gaining, like you're saying, gaining strength at a faster rate, mm-hmm. gaining muscle mass at a faster rate. But then if you look at like the relative gains of muscle mass, like if a girl's weighing 60 kilograms and a guy's weighing 100 kilograms, in terms of percentage of body weight gain, the female is going to gain relatively equal mm-hmm. amounts of muscle mass over their training career as the male and potentially even more over the long term because they have almost a lower baseline. So they can like get over if they train for a long period of time, they might actually gain more muscle mass over the the long term um, relative to their body weight, which I think is super interesting because yeah, it's like you're starting with a, a lower amount of muscle mass to begin with anyway. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot more room to progress. Um, and that was one of the interesting things they brought up as well is that females often will see even though like it doesn't look like their upper body strength's going up that much, 
like relative to where they start, mm. it actually increases quite rapidly. Yeah, well, like be- I call it like beginner gains, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. And even in comparison to guys' beginner gains, like the f- female upper body strength will actually raise a little bit faster, mm. you know, just because they're so untrained in the upper body to begin with. Um, so I thought it was really interesting the fact that if you if you bring it back down to like if you if you make it relative as opposed to like absolute outcomes, you know what I mean? So it's like relative to your starting point, relative to your muscle mass when you start. Um, over the long term, like it, from all these different studies, both men and, and females gain strength and muscle mass at about equal yeah. equal amounts, which I think is amazing because it can kind of squash that idea that ladies are always going to have like less strength, less muscle mass. And they are, but in an absolute sense, not in a relative yeah, sense. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, 100%. Um, so the question the question then is like, so are women just like small men or like little men? And should we train them the same, <laughs> right? <laughs> but um, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting and where there are the differences between males and females, right? Because it's like, cool. So we can, we can kind of understand that maybe they're, over the long term, they'll they'll achieve about the same amounts of percentage increases in muscle mass and strength. But there's other things, um, such as differences in recovery and, and fatigue and there's things like, like this hormones. that impact yeah. your training, right? So that will be where the difference comes in. And so there's like there's four sort of main ones that he brought up here, which I thought was really interesting. Um, the first one is that women tend to be less fatigable in an acute sense. Um, basically meaning like you can get more uh, reps per set at a given percentage and or meaning they can get more sets with a fixed number of reps or both. So like, for example, like if a um, if a lady is doing, um, you know, a given percentage, like say 75% of one RM on a squat, mm. they're going to get likely on average more reps than a male is going to get, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. And then the same goes for like, um, their recovery rates between sets. They did a study where, like, they were basically giving you a percentage of, you know, say it was a bench press, giving you a percentage of one RM and saying, hey, look, you're going to do five reps per set and you're going to rest for a certain period of time after that. And then you're going to do another five reps and rest and five reps and rest. Mm-hmm. And you're going to do as many sets as you can until you fail a set. And on average, the females were able to do far more sets than the males until they failed. So almost their recoverability between sets was a lot faster than a male. And so he proposed two reasons for this. Um, number one, that females have a high proportion of type 1 muscle fibers, which are more fatigue resistant. Mm. So a little bit more of like almost like people turn those like endurance muscle fibers. Yeah. So they're able to do more repetitions within a set. Yeah. And then the second one um, being that women tend to have less muscle mass overall. So they don't occlude blood vessels quite as quickly when lifting meaning they can more effect, efficiently deliver oxygen and clear meta- metabolic waste products from their muscles. So basically talking about like blood flow to the muscles and the fact that they can actually clear out some of those waste products, you know, like lactic acid and that kind of stuff when you're doing those like higher rep sets. So it was quite interesting to see that um, they are, you know, acutely less fatigable between sets yeah. um, meaning that they could, they could potentially do more volume in a workout without being crushed by it like a yeah. guy would um, so that was one of the main differences that's, there that's, it's really that's really cool yeah and you and you can even see that like I don't know if you've experienced it with any of your clients like I know that we have in the gym here with some of our girls like they're like 
this is probably one of the main issues I see with any girl that comes to the gym is their ability to push themselves to what we quite need them to get to. I was like, gonna say, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, and this kind of shows like, hey, look, ladies probably can do more reps than than guys in 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 an absolute sense, um, but they've never really learned to push themselves to that yeah. level. And and that's kind of like, and that's where it's hard to put in with science because it sometimes is what's up totally in the head. And like a lot of my female clients, they'll come through and they'll be like, oh, Alice, I can't do any more. And I'm like, oh, you can. Because I've done the math. <laughs> yeah. And this percentage, you, you're able to hit more than five, you know. And, and they just don't know what the feeling is like. Um, it's, you know, it's like, you know, when you're watching someone do like back squats and they're only going to like just above parallel. And you know that they can hit full depth because you've been doing prep with them for six months and that oh no i'm just a little bit scared it's because they don't know they're not comfortable with that feeling of going really low and then mm-hmm. coming up and and, and really kind of like i like to call it losing your soul at the bottom of a back squat like if you haven't lost your soul in the squat you haven't squatted you know like but some people are quite they don't like being in those uncomfortable places totally and pushing for for failure pushing for like a lot of reps at 75 percent like mm. um i have some girls who are just complete boss babes and they'll just be like yeah i can you shoot up let's yeah, go yeah, you know yeah. like okay cool you want 100 reps i'll give you 100 reps but then i have others that are like alice no like what are you doing i'm yeah. just gonna do 10 <laughs> yes, you know certainly. um and sometimes they start off like that and like the more they get confident in the gym and like confident in their own abilities they're like yeah cool let's go mm-hmm. but it's definitely a mindset thing mm-hmm. like but a lot of women that i train are tough as hell yeah and like i just think women in general are just that's why I love training them. They're just tough. They yeah. have to go through one of the biggest physical experiences of their entire lives when they give birth. Yeah. You know, so like doing a max set of back squats. Ah, it's a walk it's in the nothing. Park. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Well, especially the ones who have, who've had kids. Who have had kids. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. like, ah, oh, this is nothing. The ones that haven't uh, don't know yet. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah. But like I, I, I said earlier, like I have a woman who's 55. She might even be 56 now, but um, she, she, I can give her anything, and she's like, she's like, yeah, let's go. She's just tough. She's I love a tough it. Girl, I love it. Yeah, she's, she's had just experiences. Like, I want to get back to my hundred kilo deadlift I had before lockdown. Yes, like, oh, cool, let's go. That's so good. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely um, some of the differences you see with women and men. But I don't want to say that. Yeah, like women not knowing their their limits because there's men that you know. I have some 100%. male clients who. Um, who back down in a workout, like I do conditioning sometimes at the end of um, a strength sesh, and um, I'll push them hard on the assault bike. And yeah. I'll say, look, we're going to do a 10-second sprint, and we're going to rest for 50 seconds. In that 10 seconds, I want absolutely – there's there's nothing left, mm-hmm. okay? And you'll refuel in that 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still going to be yeah, – but it's yes. like I want you to be up here. And then they – rather being like 10 out of 10, they're at like a 7 out of 10. And it's, they don't really know where they – should be mm-hmm. um and that just comes from experience I totally guess, whether or not you're male or female um it's like just just repetition of towing the line of like where kind of failure is or where that kind of hard that really high intensity is yeah. it's like slowly kind of edging into it over time and i think that's with so many of our girls here it's like some of them just know how to get really you know into that zone and go 
quite hard and close to failure where we need them to be. And others, it just takes time and time and time yeah. to get them so confident and like it's building self-efficacy, right? Of like, For sure. oh, I've been there before, I can do it again, you know? And just learning what that intensity feels like. Because yeah. so many of them, you can be like, even we had a girl last night and we were doing sets of eight on the bench and she was only doing 25 kilos and it was like flying. It was like going to launch through the freaking ceiling. And I'm like, can we put a little bit more weight on there? And she's like, really? And I'm like, yes. Like, yeah. And so we put we put another five kilos on total. So it was 30. Still, it was like flying. And I'm just like, and she's like amazed. And I'm just like, yeah, you've got so much yeah. more than you, than you, than you believe, you and, know? And that's, that, that's a big thing of like I'm really passionate about this because like with women, they they always go under. You know, they always like, oh, I'm going to grab the five kilo dumbbells. That's right. Um, Guys go over seven. and get crushed. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and and it's and that's that's what's really interesting between the the two sexes. Yes. Um, in the UK, I was teaching women's strength classes um, uh, as with with a, a magazine called Stylist. They wanted to create like a fitness arm of their magazine and we're doing we're doing these um these women's strength classes in a private members club which is pretty cool because there's loads of like private members clubs in london for men you know for 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 businessmen to get a leg up in the world yeah men helping men but this place was for women ran by women and the whole thing was amazing and one of the floors in it was like a beauty salon um now salon and a gym or a studio, um, and, and it had dumbbells and kettlebells. And so I was part of the team that led, uh, strength classes for these, for these girls and for these women. And they'd come in and a lot of them were like yogis and a bit like, Oh, you know, my physio told me I should really start lifting weights, you know? Yeah. Um, or they come and they're like, Oh, how do I get shoulders like yours? Yeah. And, and so they come in and I say, Hey team, like we're going to be doing this today. You're going to need a, uh, a heavy set of dumbbells for your legs, lighter set for uh, your arms. Cause we're going to do some pressing. Mm-hmm. So I have to tell them that, you know, usually you can like lift more with your legs, a little bit less on your shoulders. And then I look around, I just step back and I watch <laughs> I play some like chilled music. And I just watch them grab their weights. N- not even lying. Women would grab two kilo dumbbells for overhead presses. Yeah. And, I would, they, they put the weights down on their mats and I say, right, team, who is flying, who, who's flown to um, Spain with EasyJet this year? And a few people put their hands up. How was your, how heavy was your carry-on bag? Oh, uh, like, yeah. Oh, they're like, oh, it's 10 kilos, you know, whatever. And I'm like, okay, cool. You've just picked up four kilos of weights, <laughs> but yet you're fine with putting a 10 kilo suitcase <laughs> yeah. in the overhead locker. It's the same thing. Love and it. And they're like, oh. Oh, okay. So they all put back their two kilo dumbbells and they grab something heavier. Mm. And that's something that tends to happen a lot. Like women just underestimate themselves. Yeah. So I just like to re-educate and be like, look, you are way tougher than you think you are. Mm-hmm. Here's another 10 kilos. And they're like, oh, I simply can't, you know? And, and, and they totally can. Like I, I, I just, um, I finished up for the year training a, a woman who, uh, is in her fifties. She started training with me. She was on like a uh, Jenny Craig and, she was just losing a lot of um, body fat, but had no muscle, mm. no strength. And we started on five kilo goblet squats, five kilo dumbbell. We finished yesterday on 20 kilos. Yeah. And like in the women's gym at Les Mills, the top weight of the dumbbells got up to 18 kilos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And so I had to use a kettlebell and I was just like, you know, obviously like I love where I work, but like they've capped. Yes. In the women's gym at 18. Well, you I'm can't get like, any stronger than that. I'm like, <laughs> 
But 18 kilos is not that heavy, yeah. like, for, for your lower body. Yeah. yeah, it is when you're rowing or pressing. Totally. But for a squat, like, you know, you you've, you want to do back squats, you've got 20 kilos on your back, you know? Yeah. So, like, we had to move to the kettlebells. But I, um, in between sets, I, like, stopped her and I was like, come around, look, look at this. And I took her on a little tour around all the weights because it's like a little, um, like, two racks side by side. And I said, you've moved your way from the five kilo dumbbell all the way up through and you finished here. Yeah. And she was like, wow. Yeah, I love it. And she's like, I never would have thought I could squat 20 kilos. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, because I'm every week going, come on, Donna, let's add <laughs> another three kilos or two kilos or whatever, add yeah. more reps. Yeah. And just women – it, it, it saddens me, but always underestimate themselves. And yeah. that's, and it comes back to like not feeling like they own their spot in the yeah, gym. They totally. feel like, Oh, I've got to go lot like lighter weights. Um, but yeah, and it's, it's interesting to step back and watch just like people getting weights. Yeah. hundred like, percent. You're capable of way more than you think you are. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even like, like it actually, it actually leads on quite nicely because to one of these points is to, you know, the, the differences between men and women is that, one of these studies, but basically, like you know, we know that look, we can gain muscle mass with you know relatively heavy loads, six reps, all the way up to relatively light work, light loads, thirty reps, if we're hitting a certain amount of volume and a certain amount of intensity. Mm. Um, it's all going to be pretty relative. But um, this study showed that um, basically, a woman who trained with predominantly heavy loads, so you know, more sort of like six to ten reps. Um, which is not really heavy for you, but you'd be like doing ones and twos and threes. But <laughs> when we're training, like I'm like ten, that is cardio. That's cardio, yeah. Whoa! But these ladies who train with you know predominantly heavy loads, six to ten reps, as opposed to like twenty to thirty reps, which is probably where you know a lot of ladies are doing these like toning workouts. Yeah, where they're doing the class twenty to thirties, yeah, right? Sure. Um, the ones who train with predominantly heavy loads, um, they gain way more muscle than the woman trained with the the lower loads, which was really interesting because they didn't see the same thing in the guys in the same study. Wow. And this is and this is given like same volume, same intensity, just different um, loads. Um, and you know maybe that's just because it's a it's a novel stimulus for ladies who have never touched heavier loads before. Mm. Um, and you know, like you're saying with your clients, it's just trying to educate them and, and mm. just push them that little bit further to go, hey, look, you've got more in you. And, you know, don't be afraid to hit a heavy set mm. of six. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, but it's again, again, it's just getting them confident to that point where they know they can handle it. Mm. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, interestingly enough, there's potentially, you know, some great benefits for them, um, for doing that. And then, of course, you know, the, the other, other big one, of course, is the fact that ladies have a menstrual cycle, right? Which is going to, you know, provide some, some stark differences in, mm. And how they recover, especially like in the luteal phase of their, of their menstrual cycle, they're potentially going to recover a little slower. Um, in the follicular phase, they might recover a little faster. So then you can almost be like, okay, with certain clients, you might go, Hey, look, if you're having a really bad time recovery rise in your luteal phase, then let's, let's stack a little bit more volume into a follicular phase where you'll recover faster mm. and potentially maximize the benefits there. Um, so like there are all those differences for sure that impact a, a lady's ability to train and recover. Um, but I think in terms of like the overall theme of like are guys and, and girls that different when it comes to training outcomes? And it seems to be that like not really, like if you look at it in relative terms, mm. um, but we just have to get past this mindset of like I saw a guy doing a hundred kilo squat. Why can't I do it? It's like, okay, well, you're, you're a smaller human, number one. Like mm-hmm. you actually, you know, your skeletal system's smaller. Yeah. You have a lower amount of percentage, uh, sorry, lower level of total muscle mass 
but it's all relative to your body. Mm. So maybe your 100 kilos is 60 kilos. You know what I mean? Like that should be your target. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just been a little bit more relative in that sense, which is, you know, which is why we have men's Olympics, women's Olympics, you know what I mean? Which is why we're not competing against each other in those sports because it's all relative. Yeah, 100%. Which I find really interesting. So, um, yeah, I, I loved I loved reading through all this stuff and like that's yeah it's super yeah fascinating. and 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 you can you can check out Rick Knuckles' article as well which is super interesting and, and any of the podcasts he's mm. talked about it on as well it's um it's quite like he goes very deep into it so <laughs> this is just a nice overview <laughs> but uh yeah it's it's interesting isn't it yeah oh hundred percent and like um I also like educating like both male and female when they're relatively new to to strength training and lifting weights that like their numbers will go up pretty damn quickly. You know, like call like beginner gains. You Mm -hmm. look, you look at seasoned athletes, you know, like powerlifters and Olympic weightlifters and they'll, they'll kind of like PB or, you know, like personal best or, um, uh, personal record like which one do you use pb or pr pb because pr <laughs> because is very or? american yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> depending on who i'm talking to but yeah, um, yeah. but like you know and like yeah. athletes will kind of like add two to five kilos maybe a year yeah totally you know and like whereas newbies will add that in a week mm-hmm. <laughs> so i always like tell people to make the most of their first year of training. Like mm-hmm. you are going to enjoy so many, so much gains. And yeah. it's so exciting. Yeah. Like everything's just new and your body's like, Ooh, I'll take that. I'll take that. Totally. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really cool watching someone um, blossom because the, the gains just go up. Yeah. So hard. And the hundred kilo back squat for a woman, every, we all want it. Yeah. You know, like I, um, I two had, plates. Yeah, it's, it's all about blues. Yes, stacking damn blues. <laughs> um, and like I remember when I when I when I did it, I was uh, doing it low bar. Uh huh. Um, but now I'm because low bar is very like, low bar back squat is very like kind of like better in powerlifting mm-hmm. and just pure strength. It's mm-hmm. great to build pure strength. But high bar is more uh, transferable to weightlifting. That's right. So, like the way I like catch a clean or a snatch. Um, you know, my ass is as low to the ground as it possibly can. So it makes sense doing a high. A lot more knee flexion as well. Just like, you know, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, um, back on the, the gain train to, to hit a hundred kilos low bar. Um, I was so close to her. Then lockdown happened and I didn't have a squat rack for like two months. Then I finally got a squat rack delivered about three weeks before the gyms opened. Oh, no way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, and a lot of women can hit it, but it just, it, it's it's not just like oh yeah I want to do this today. Yeah, it's like totally. How much of your life do you want to devote to getting that hundred kilo back squat? Yeah, because it's, totally. it's training hard. That's right. It's training. Well, like you're hard. saying, is like the beginner year or year and a half or whatever. It's like it's incredibly motivating because you're just crushing it. Yeah. But then that will slow down, yeah. and that's when it's like okay, now you have to like now you're gonna progress because of what you're doing like not in spite of what you're doing like yeah you, you, for sure and it's and that's that's where um you know you go on you buy your lifting belt you buy your lifting shoes you start looking like a weightlifter yes <laughs> you start turning up at your friends houses with your tupperware and people are like oh here comes the weightlifter yeah um you live in your booty shorts now 
Yeah, exactly. That's when you know. Yeah, that's when you know. You know, you, you, you go on a date and you're in gym kit. That's when you know it's serious. <laughs> yes. 100%. I feel like because, like, we're in the industry, like, I, I really just spend most of my money on, on like, fitness clothing because yeah. I'm like, when am I ever not, like, there's, a, there's, like, one or two nights a week where I put on, like, normal clothing. But all the other times I'm wearing and people something like, I can wow, work out on. Jackson looks so good. What, you, <laughs> what have you done? You in jeans? <laughs> Like I, I, I wore a jumpsuit on on Monday. Like wow, and uh, that would have been a big I, shock. The comment, the messages I got, people were like, "You're in a dress." I'm yes. like, "I'm like, fuck you, man!" Like I actually have a lot of dresses <laughs> and jumpsuits in my wardrobe. They just never come out yep. because I'm always in leggings. Yeah, it's just so much more comfortable, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. Hey, this has been actually really good, and um, I want to I want to wrap it up, but I want to ask you. Um, What's 2022 looking like for you? We're almost there. So what's it looking like for you? What are your intentions for the year? What do you got going on? Um, I got a couple couple of things actually. Um I would I would love to hit a 110 back squat. <laughs> nice. 110 back squat. 110 low bar. Maybe you could do a 100 high bar. High bar. Yeah. No, no, no. One, 110. Gonna- yeah, I just do high bar now. Yes. Yeah, okay, so cool. One, so you're going to do 100 high bar. 110. High bar, more competitions like for Olympic weightlifting. Um, I'm, yeah, jumping straight into that. That'd be amazing. Mm. Um, and I want to do some kind of, I've been thinking about it for a while. And, and now that I'm saying it, someone else is going to bloody well go and do it. But I want to, I want to do some kind of like collective for, for like women strength training here. Cause I was a part of a team of people who were doing it over in London or the UK. And it was amazing. Just kind of creating like a community online on instagram and like having a place for people to go for information so yeah looking at um teaming up do with it. some people to, yes. to do that um and launch that next year um thinking about dabbling in some clothing gym gym apparel all right watch the space all right um so yeah that's all i'm going to say because that is actually a lot it's a lot um yeah but yeah so just kind of train training hard uh hitting some comps getting to the clothing thing and um Kind of creating a, a safe space and an educational space of women to to lift weights. Yeah, you sound like someone who who definitely likes to commit to a, a fair amount each year. Yeah, I just like to every year. I like to do better than the year before. Mm. Yeah, which is like it's probably it's probably a personality trait, but it's also like you're a lifter, so it's like <laughs> it kind of makes sense. Progression, <laughs> progression, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Progression and gains. Yeah, totally. That's so cool. And um, one one question I do love to finish um, some of the episodes with is, especially with someone who's got like a bit of experience, like a bit of life experience, is um, basically asking you what's one eye-opening experience you think every person should have based on your own experiences in your own life. And this is a super deep one. So wow. I'll give you a second to think about it. <laughs> One eye-opening experience. Anything. Could be anything. I'd say living in a different country. Mm. Living in a different country that's not your own. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, um, a non-English speaking country. But, like, I learned a lot about myself when I moved to the UK. Um, I was, like, I was there for, like, eight eight years. And you went on your own? Yeah, I went yeah. on my own. My brother and my sister were living there, so I had a little bit of support nice. network. But, like, um, yeah. Moving, moving countries is a, is a big one, and yeah. I, 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 I did it coming back last year as well. Although, like this place was my home, or one of my homes, it's, uh, it's always like weird moving to the other side of the world, and you got to restart your business from, from scratch. 
So I can't imagine. Just, yeah, eye openings definitely like putting yourself outside of like that comfort zone. Yeah. And living overseas is definitely a, a big one. Yeah. 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 Um but yeah, that would be my one, I think. I love it. It's it's not so deep, but I, I learn a lot about myself. You kinda have to like prove to yourself. I'm not a highly competitive person, but I'm competitive with myself and it's yeah. enough to light the fire under my butt. Yeah. No, I think it's I mean we, I think it was Lauren on the podcast also said like something about traveling solo or whatever it was. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's just, there is so much growth in just getting out of your country and it's, just doing things. exhilarating yeah. when you travel on your own. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And you can, you're sitting around there and you're like, oh, don't have to tell anyone where I am. Yeah. I can go do anything and anything and everything I want to. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. The freedom of it. And then also, like you're saying, if you're, if you're going to relocate, you have to go and create a new community for yourself. Yeah. You have to feel like you've got people that you um, can confide in and you feel like you belong somewhere. So all of that takes courage, you know, and yeah. so much effort. And that's, yeah, like that's where the growth happens. That, right? Yeah, that's like, because I, I remember when I moved back at the end of last year, I know we're trying to wrap it up. But like, wrap it up. No, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, coming coming back at the end of last year, I was like, okay, cool, I've got to find new friends. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, How's that worked out for you? Oh, I think I have a few great friends. <laughs> We're doing okay. <laughs> You're not still spending your nights lonely thinking about no, I'm snatches. Gonna and... wise boys with a bunch of <laughs> yeah, exactly. You coming on Sunday to the uh, list, no? Or... I'm I'm off to the Coromandel on oh. Sunday for the first holiday over Christmas I've ever had as a personal trainer. Really? Yeah, personal trainers in the UK don't tend to take big holidays because our summer holidays are obviously in oh, July, it's the mid- August. Yeah, okay. So this is gonna be like a full break for oh, you. Yeah, so good. I'm gonna go full send. Where are you going, Coromandel? For Tianga. Nice. Nice. Are you there for news as well? Uh, no. Be Coming back. For cool. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, that'll be yeah. so good. Well, the, I'm sure the roads have been nuts um, for the listeners. Auckland has just been let out of. Yeah. Uh, Finally. Restriction, border, security, whatever. We can actually leave now. So. Hooray. It's gonna be madness for you getting out of here, but yeah. it'll be it'll be worth it. Yeah. Be amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Alice. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you. That was so good. You feel good about it? Yeah. Great. No, I'm, sh- I'm sure. Um. Yeah. Everyone's going to love this one. Lots of good insight. And um, it's always just good to hear someone's journey and someone's story, um, whether it's veganism, lifting, whatever it is. So much growth in there that people can can learn from yeah. and implement. So I thanks. hope I can inspire at least one person to uh, get out into the weights room on their own. There you have it, guys. Episode 37, done and dusted. The final episode for 2021. I hope you've enjoyed the episodes from this year. Please go back and have a listen to some of the ones that you've missed. There are some absolute winners in there. We've had people like Melanie Joy on this year, Dr. Gabrielle Fandaro. Um, We've had, you know, running coaches. We've had, what else? Most recently, Tony Gentlecore. There's so many good stuff on there. The great discussion with Eric Helms about concurrent training, of course, another highlight. And I'll hopefully be putting together a bit of a TLDR or TLDL, um, too long, didn't listen this year. So a bit of a summary, a bit of a top top 10 or top 8 uh, snippets from the year's recordings and putting that out in another episode as well. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to all of them or you just want a quick refresher of some of the... the um, 
the key takeaways or some of the highlights from the year, um, you can definitely jump on that episode. That'll be early 2021. That'll be coming out as well. So super exciting. Hey, go away. Enjoy your Christmas with the family. Enjoy your holidays, however you spend holidays in your area of the world. And uh, of course, have an amazing New Year's. Stay safe. Make sure you get training in. Start the new year with an intention for how you're going to spend the rest of that year. I know for me, my intentions for 2022 are going to be basically eliminating uh, a lot of that perfection mindset. Uh, you know, generally I have a, I, I stop myself from putting out content um, or I'll take too long editing a podcast because it's not perfect yet. And as you've probably tell by this podcast already, these are all one takes. I'm not redoing these. I'm just chatting and um, it's not going to be perfect anymore. It's just going to be real and authentic. And uh, that's sort of my intention for 2022 is just to bring it back to, to realness, you know. It doesn't have to be perfect. doesn't have to be um, exactly how I would like it to be. It just needs to be um, It just needs to be authentic. And uh, that's what it's all going to be about for me. So, hey, go, go away. Set yourself an intention as well for 2022. And, of course, if you're setting any goals, make sure that the goals are focused on the process as opposed to just the outcome. So we always talk about this as coming back to what are those daily behaviors, those daily habits that you want to implement that will lead you to the outcome that you want. And so it's less focused on, hey, I'm getting to that long-term goal. It's more focused on what do I do on a daily basis? And that starts to develop an identity, you know, changes who you are and where you put your value. And then over time, those habits or not so much habits those behaviors become almost automatic to the point where you're just doing them because it's part of who you are so focus on those daily daily behaviors um if you've got someone you want to share this episode with please do i know that alice would love it as well share it around with a friend especially if you've got any any ladies in your life that are new to the gym or they're potentially a little bit uh weary of stepping into the weight room this is a great episode for them so be sure to share on your story uh, there'll be a lot of people that will love this one as well and i think that is it for the episode thanks for tuning in guys we're gonna wrap it up so go get a lift in get some more plants and we'll see you in the new year happy holidays friends <laughs>